Welcome to the Quack Hole Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quackman and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 A quack. Quack. 12 and quack. I am your host, Adam Chimea. And I'm your co-host with the most dose, Aaron Schrodos. That is right. Aaron Schrodos and Adam Chimea once again on the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. And Aaron, it's journey time. Pointy time. It's tourney time. It's March Madness. Everything's going down today. Uh, well, not today, but this this upcoming week, this last week, everything's going down. Aaron, women's basketball Pac-12 tournament is already over. Men's tournament is about to start, and on the 12th, on Selection Sunday, we will find out where everyone's going. And I'm a wow. bit nervous. I'm a bit nervous, but how are you doing, Aaron? Doing good enough, baby doll. Good enough. That's that's all you ask. I got a sniffle mm-hmm. uh, from my allergies because mm-hmm. the weather keeps shifting around up here. Mm-hmm. Other than that, doing great. Well, there you go. That's that's all we want. Doing great. That's good enough for the Quack 12 podcast. Speaking <laughs> of which, I don't know what I'm talking great about. Great is good enough. As long as you sound. Like better. <laughs> we would love better, but. Better's we'll good. Act- great. Yeah, the, that's our slogan now. We'll we'll settle for great. We'll settle for the greatest podcast on the Oregon Ducks on the web footosphere. If you if you think that's true, you're probably wrong. But go over to the Apple Podcast. Go over to the Crack Twelve page. Give us five stars. Give us a little comment. It helps people find the show. And if you really want to help us out as well as get some great Oregon Duck-themed podcasts, you're going to go over to the Quackful Patreon. You're going to give us five stars. Oh, wait, not there. there you can't give us five stars there. You're going to give us five dollars, and you're going to yeah. get hundreds of hours of entertainment. Really fun stuff over there. Got our Quacking Time series, Duck D&D, going over certain, uh, I mean, just so much Fun Oregon stuff, watch along, whole bunch of things going on. We'll have some stuff uh, covering the tourney, the Pac-12 tourney, the March Madness tourney. Granted, any Duck team makes it in, I don't know. But uh, a lot of stuff going on over there, so please, if you feel so uh, inclined to do so, get your ass over there. Aaron, March Madness is upon us. March oh, Madness. wait, are we? do we not have any general news to discuss? Not really. I mean... We got a we got some ducks going for the NFL Combine. Some of okay. them are really showing off well. Um, Good. I'm not a, I'm not a huge draft guy, but I'll tell you this much: Christian Gonzalez, our our cornerback, who people rarely threw at because he was that good, transferred over from Colorado before he was a duck. He is making huge splashes. May actually be a top ten pick. 
which is wow. pretty crazy. This would that would be like I believe four years in a row. I could be wrong that we've had a top ten pick. Uh, if you count, you know, uh, I don't know what it'd be like Herbert, Thibodeau, uh, yeah. Sewell. That's the other. Yeah. yeah. So hey, that's pretty freaking good. Um, yeah, he's looking really good. A lot of people talking about him. Um, and cornerback is especially, you know, cornerback safety like like Diamondor Lenore showed. That's something where you can plug in and immediately make an impression in the NFL and make some good right. money and be just, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited Richard about Sherman. that. Richard Sherman, baby. I love Richard Sherman. I also love how much shit he's been talking about. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Bro. Nonsense. I mean, as soon as Richard Sherman left the team, he just started talking shit on everyone. Yeah, he really As soon did. as Russell Wilson left the team, everyone started talking shit on Russell Wilson. <laughs> Absolutely. No interesting, one. Yeah. Interesting locker room the Seahawks have, I think. Clearly. Uh, I'm pretty but, interested. Uh, As a Seahawks fan, I want them to take a look over at Anthony Richardson from Florida. Um, it's kind of a huge risk because he wasn't, Mm, he wasn't that good. Certainly his numbers were straight up kind of bad in college, but he's got every physical trait you would want in a quarterback other than that. Like he's the potential is like a Cam Newton. And since they huh. signed Geno Smith already to that three year deal, which is awesome, I feel like getting a poss you know, uh, a possibly great quarterback of the future. To sit behind him could be a good idea. At the same time, when you got that fifth pick, like you could get someone a little more sure. You know, like you, you can get a, a great defensive end or defensive tackle or I don't know. That's I'm I'm excited to see what Carroll does in that regard. It sounds like he still wants to get a quarterback since you you know it's rare you have a fifth pick and you're not bad. Yeah. I do not pay attention to the team until the games start. And then I go, okay, who's new? Who do we got? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, other than that, I'm not really seeing a whole lot of news. I mean, there's always rumors about Pac-12 is going to add more teams or, you know. But, sure. But we're not going to hear anything or Oregon and Washington are about to leave. But that's that's all fake until it happens. So I'm just kind of ignoring it, quite frankly. Aaron... Well, should we just go ahead and jump into it then? We got it. We got to get into Quacksball, baby. Quacksball. 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 Now, I'd like to go right into women's basketball because they've already done their basketball. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Now, my worst nightmare... Um, just like how I kept saying at the end of the regular season, my worst nightmare was losing six straight games. Luckily, we we didn't do that. Uh, we lost like you know seven in a row, but then the final two games we won both of those. So that was nice. Right. My worst nightmare for this because we were the eight nine matchup, um, which means we were going against Washington, who beat us this season and almost beat us the other game even. My worst nightmare was, boom, early out, losing the first game of the Pac-12 tournament against the Washington Huskies. That would that would suck, honestly. And that's what happened. And it nearly happened. Oh. Uh, this game actually was, it was hard to watch because 
Washington has got a great defense, not so good offense. We are supposed to be an offense-led team, but a lot of times it stalls out this whole season. A lot of times, you know, or especially as of late, it's really just hasn't looked the way it should. Um, but in the like third and fourth quarter, I will tell you, this became a pretty fun game to watch. Like both these teams were actually very competitive. Uh, I was, it was that situation where I was like, you can't hurt me anymore. U of O women's basketball. Like I'm already kind of disappointed, but then I realized in the fourth quarter is this close game. I'm like, please win, please win. Like I want to win so bad. This means a lot to me. And it all really came down to a fantastic performance from India Rogers, which is what you want. Um, 28 points. And 11 rebounds from her. Like, she was the team. That's 28 points uh, for a team that, in the end, scored 52 points. We won 52-50. to 50. So, she scored 28 of those points. More than half of those points. Wait. Is Washington that bad? Washington, well, historically, the women's basketball team for Washington has been not good at all. They're actually right. having a little bit of a resurgence. Their defense, they're a half team. Their defense is solid. Offense isn't that good. That being said, they did upset Stanford this season. So they're, they had some pretty good highs. Washington is, um, in other conferences, they'd be doing a lot better. But in the best conference, Pac-12, not so good. So they're, they're middling. They really are. That's, they're, they're not a terrible team. It just seems team, like such a yeah. low score. It was. I mean... It wasn't a great showing from either team, certainly offensive, but we did win this one. Uh, Indio Rogers, by the way, scored 10 of her 28 points in the fourth quarter in the final three minutes and 18 seconds. So could not have been more crucial. Uh, Yeah, and we were down seven points halfway through the fourth quarter. So we we needed her. I thought we were done so, honestly. Once we were down seven points, it, it felt like we were over. Uh, we did have uh, we we barely trailed twenty nine to twenty seven at the half, um, and we started off really strong. We went on an eleven two run to start the game, so it looked like we were just going to run away with it. But then Washington just played solid defense, made the shots, you know, worked really hard to get the shots that they wanted. Like they're the kind of offense that will run down the entire shot clock. Just to and pass a million times, just to try to get the easiest shot. That's their goal. So a low-scoring game for Washington is is that's what they want. Um, so this was all they wanted, really. Oregon, we wanted to usually we want to score in the freaking seventies, eighties, you know. But so we won an ugly game. Uh, I should say in part in part because Van Sluten, Grace Van Sluten, who had missed the previous three games with an injury. She came back from injury, didn't have the best game, but contributed good minutes. And um, I should say it was Gray, uh, Chance Gray. She hits a free throw, puts us up 52-50. to Washington actually has the ball with about 2.9 seconds left. So I was still sweating it because 2.9 seconds is enough time to make a quick basket under the hoop or shoot a three. Um, and luckily they missed that three. (laughs) 
I was horrified. I, I thought for sure we were losing last second on this one. But we didn't. We beat 8-seed UW. We get to the next round of the Pac-12 tournament. Next round, unfortunately, is against the number one seed, Stanford, who got a bye game. So they didn't uh-huh. have to play before. Cool. This game, well, I'll start I'll start by saying this. Tahina Pow Pow, who at the end of the regular season had really come alive. Um, against Washington, she didn't have she had a decent game. She scored 13 points, had four assists. Uh overall, no one outside outside of India Rogers, no duck had a great game against Washington. Filipina Shea got nine rebounds, but she didn't score many points. Against Stanford, Pow Pow just had, I would say, her best game of, I mean, yeah, best game of the of her career. Because against wow. great competition, she scored 28 points. That is a career high for her. Not only that, but she hit seven three-pointers, which that tied her career high. Seven three-pointers. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now Rod- they start hitting threes. Yeah, now. But... Has has been our problem throughout basically all season. We can't get either of our star guards, Rogers or Pow Pow, to go off in the same game. It's always right. one or the other. Not always one or the other because sometimes it's neither. But right. We're good but at that. We're good at that, yeah. This game, Pow Pow just was amazing, but it seemed like Stanford got the message like, oh, uh, Rogers scored 28 last game. She's not doing that this game. She scored six of 26 from the floor, so not great. Uh, overall, she finishes with 15 points, but it, it took her a long time to get there, and partially because of that, and because of the fact that like Filipina Che uh, got seven rebounds and two points. We lose this game 76 to 65. So we lose to Stanford in the second round of the Pac 12 tournament. There was a point late, I do believe. I want to say, I got it written down here somewhere. Um, We were, that's right. So Stanford, uh, we went on a 13 to 4 run and we cut the lead to 51 to 45. And at that point, it like, because we were looking pretty dead for a while. So it was a six-point game. It felt really good. We were finally stopping that Stanford offense. But then they just dominated. It it was it was not a close one in the end. Um, yeah, they, they beat us pretty bad. Uh, and actually, even though we started the last game on 11-2 run and won that game, Stanford opened this game with an 11-2 run. And what really won them the game is they won the Battle of the Boards, 56-39. to 39. Really, I think it's just Filipina Che physically is very, she's very gifted. And you could see down the line she can be a great basketball player. But right now she just does not have a lot of the, the reps in, basically. She's not sure. It's not automatic for her, and we're also putting a lot on her big shoulders because it's just we got one big that is ready to go right now, and that is her, and then Kennedy Basham is a promising freshman, but certainly not Stanford level, 
you know, <laughs> which is that's saying a lot since they're one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was kind of tough to watch. What can I say? So we lose to Stanford. That being said, so our Pac-12 tournament chances, not Pac-12 tournament, sorry, the big tournament, the big dance, March Madness, that is up in the air. I'm not sure if we're going to make it. The, re- the only reason outside of our actual schedule, which I don't think we have a whole lot of good wins to get us there, but our net ranking which, you know, is really looking at the teams that we beat, how good are they? What teams did they beat? The teams we lost to, how good are they? And then also looking at our full schedule. That has us, the last time I checked anyways, super high. <laughs> that is, we're like number 19 in net ranking. And if you just look at that, that is well, that is easily good enough to get us in the tournament. So... My guess is between our brand recognition, you know, we're the Oregon Ducks, we're related to Nike, we've been known as a good women's basketball team, and our net ranking, I think we're getting in. That's my guess, is I think we're getting in. We'll probably be like first four in, which would mean we'd have to play a play-in game, but we would still technically be in the tournament, and that's all I care about. So we would have to play an extra game to show that we should be there? Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, because we're just not strong enough. But, uh, you know, I'd be down with it. Hell yeah. I mean, as long as we're in. Uh, making the tournament is, for me, it's kind of a must for this, <laughs> for our women's basketball program. But the Pac-12 is just really, really good. Uh, it's unfortunate that Rodgers and Pow Pow have not really connected against elite competition at the same time, which is what we're going to need because we don't have the bigs right now to play any other style of game besides just two besides guard hero ball. But that may be enough for us to be, to make a good run in the tournament. If we make it, if we, if we have to go to the woman's NIT, I am not looking forward to talking about that. And it, we may not, talk about it all that much (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man hey you know i'm sure there will be plenty of baseball and softball to be spoken of at that point i'd hope so and we can't fit everything into one show folks okay so maybe we're just gonna have to skip the nit all right all right all right maybe we'll have an nit segment that we'll throw in at the end with the other stuff we don't care about yeah so i mean that is that's basically women's basketball i will tell you this the results of the rest of the Pac-12 tournament both didn't help Oregon, but they were also very entertaining, I will say this, because UCLA, who I believe was number five, they were the five seed against Stanford. Um, They upset Stanford, which doesn't look good for us, because <laughs> we wanted to lose to like the best team in the country. If they lose to right. Stanford, then... They are not. I mean, sorry, if they lose to UCLA, which they did. So then Washington State, they upset, I want to say, Utah, which was the two seed. So one and two are suddenly out. And then Washington State and UCLA both advanced to the championship game. Washington State, I do believe, was a, I want to say, seven seed. So they're pretty low. 
and they win the whole thing. The Cougs win it. So, I don't know. It also made me feel like, I can't believe, like, how are we not? We've got so much better talent on paper than Wasu. <laughs> so, it feels, I don't know, hurts my feelings that we lost to them twice, and they end up winning the whole thing. But it also goes to show you that a lot of times depth and team chemistry means more there than anything else. And so, losing four Maybe or five coaching stars. coaching style, too. Yeah, I mean, maybe will, some coaches yeah. who stand up more often <laughs> and don't wear their their Sundays, you know, relaxing uh, 1980s called uh, windbreaker <laughs> suit. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, hey, put on some fucking dress shoes, bro. Bro, yeah, I would walk out there in his slippers almost. I'm willing to blame this all on Kelly Graves not wearing a suit now. I think I'm just about there. Hey, podcast listener. Hey, Come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here, yeah. huh? Nice headphones you got in here. Oh, yeah, I like those, Chevy. Be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? <laughs> Stomped them on the ground, eh? be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account and gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you're listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that what he's doing there, bud? (laughs) Yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake. Splash. Splash maybe with you in the trunk of it, huh? Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. Maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the Quack 12 page on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Quack 12, give us five stars. Yeah, the internet, you got it, bud. Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing. If you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us fucking five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then uh, you know what? Uh, oh hey, hey look at look at this podcast listen. On their long inner inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby wah, by covering wah. it up. Wah wah, so they say. Putting on them headphones, trying to get the sky waitress's attention. Get over here! Give me more of that Quack Twelve podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, you want some more of that Quack Twelve podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Get Otherwise, it. you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, Blash. never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be th- part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend... You go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on. Come on. 
why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business, have you on your way. We'll forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars, that's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him, let him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo! Quack, quack. Look, if you're going to go hot takes on Kelly Graves for being maybe the reason why the women's team isn't doing so great, I think it's really smart to go after the most minuscule thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to blame the chair in which he plops his ass in. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, yes. So Anywho. that's where we're at there. Uh, we're just okay. praying to God we make the tournament. Well, because the best got knocked out and seemingly worse than us on paper mm-hmm. took it all. Doesn't that by proxy mean that we should be a contender on some real level? Or are they just going with like, wow, that's just crazy how the cards went? Well, unfortunately, like Washington State is not even on paper. Like we're more talented, but they beat us twice. They beat us in Eugene right. and they beat there us in Pullman. So like they're, so they're better. A difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uplifting story for them, but I'm just like, ugh. Uh, I don't know. I, I just hope we make it. That, that's all I'm hoping. And then I hope yeah, whatever just talent get we're in. just get in. Come on. Come on, baby. Nothing's oh. more embarrassing than being outside the club for three hours and not being allowed in. That's exactly it, my man. That's exactly it. Speaking of which, let's go to the next club we're talking about, which is men's basketball. Oh, yeah. Aaron. Yo. It's very funny. What do we say every year about Dana Altman? His teams get better and better, and come tournament time, they're going to be this whole new thing. Sure. I will say the team is getting better. Every week they are getting better. I have noticed that. Specifically, offense is their problem. They're finally getting healthier. Will Richardson is actually doing a pretty good job distributing the ball. Um, he doesn't want to be the person typically who takes the final clutch shot, though I have some examples of him doing that this last week. He'd rather dish it out, but fortunately for us, a lot of our other guards, you know, Bartholomew, uh, Kuznard, even Garrier, are stepping up and, and, and looking pretty good. We're about to enter the tournament. Let's see what freaking happens, but before then, we let's recap the final week of the regular season for the men's basketball team. Now, Aaron, Cal, the Cal Golden Bears are a fucking terrible team. At least we're not covering them. They have three, count them, three wins on the season. <laughs> that would be tough, man. I, I can't That would be tough. That. So three wins on the season. We took them on at Matt Knight Arena. So, if this was a close game even, I'm basically throwing my hands up and being like, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> if we can, if we lose to or barely beat a team that has only three wins, then we, we shouldn't even be getting our hopes up for the Pac-12 tournament. Aaron, I'm, I'm, 
happy to say this was a blowout victory. 84 to 51, the Ducks beat the Golden Bears. As noise as should be. Uh, it was very dominant. It took us a little while to start off, but in the end, we scored 42 points in each half. So that's a whole lot of offense. We were looking pretty good. Uh, mainly, it was really nice to see Kuznard did got 17 points, and then we had four other players get to 10 points, including um, so we had uh, Soros, we had Dante, we had Biddle. And we had Ware all got to 10 points, which is nice to see Ware, who's, who has NBA talent, doesn't really have the the full game in his head. You know, he's not, he's not really polished enough, but talent-wise, he is technically our, our most, like, intriguing prospect there. But, um, so five Ducks, again, scored over 10 points. We had nine ducks scored in general, so we were getting deep in our bench. I believe Luke, uh, Luke were he didn't play uh, because he was going through concussion protocol because Whoa. through to practice. But I mean, this sounds bad, but that's not the worst injury. <laughs> it's usually you're just trying to be safe. He, you know, sure. um, so he he'll probably be pl- good to go for Pac-12 tournament time. But um, Will Richardson actually became the all-time leader in games played over Peyton Pritchard and Jonathan Lloyd. I mean, he's he's played a lot of games, uh, 145 in total. So he's our all-time veteran here, which is hopefully a good sign. You need your is veterans. It? He's playing pretty well, man. He's he's not he's not being uh, senior year Peyton Pritchard, who was also an elite offensive threat. But as far as an actual distributor, you know, he is getting better, I'd say. He's not perfect. Well, I think we've all understood now that he's great at passing the ball. Yeah. Yes. Uh, End of list. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a really good spin move, too. He's got a good spin move. And at times okay. he's off, but but yeah, yeah. Um, cool, I can spin. Can you make it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's What do you got, that. kid? I can spin. It'll likely I can, spin, I can pass. It'll likely come off to like if we can get one of our other guards to just play to a level that we've seen them play before. We may have something here. Uh, we were tied at 12-12, but then the Ducks outscored them 30-14 to after that point. And that was basically all she wrote. Um, we did start the game with three turnovers, so we're not perfect. Yeah, we even had we even had our walk-ons in this game late. We had Brady Paris, Gabe Reichel, James Cooper. They were all out there shooting threes. Everyone was rooting for them to hit it. None of them hit it, but, you know, I mean, they are walk Because of injury they were in? Or no. Or to get, just to get through the roster because we were doing good? Yeah, because we were doing so well that it's like we don't want to risk any injuries to any sure. person that we may really need. Plus, good for them, you know. you want it's, It means a lot for them. time to get yeah. better. Yeah, I'm sure they were stoked. Then came the next game. <laughs> <Don't>... <laughs> he, he's had play 145 you got guys. Got plenty of playing time, bro. <laughs> Not seeing uh, the other half of it. <laughs> I'm hoping your nagging is working for him. I hope. I hope that's what he needs. You know. I hope it's. I hope it's taken in jest because end of the day, 
He's just a man, just like the rest of us, trying to survive a brutal world. That's that's very true. I'm not actually mad at him for being not amazing, but you I, know, not I, everybody I, can be Michael Jordan. It's true. It help if, if it help us if we did though, if we had one of those. Uh, we had then one. Then came the nerds, my man. We played against Stanford. How do you think that went? Just guess. Probably went bad. Well, it was closer than it should have been. I'll tell you that much. Stanford is a surprisingly, surprisingly good team because their record ain't good. Um, however, I think they are actually starting to build something pretty good there. They've got a couple of, of really talented players. They are good at hitting the three, and they shoot a good amount, which makes any team dangerous You know, on any night yeah. if they go off. In Stanford, so Oregon did dominate this. Uh, at first, in the beginning, actually, Stanford did pretty well because they started off on an 8-0 run to start the game. This was senior night for the Ducks, too. So it was getting pretty scary. Yeah. But um, in, at 18-15, Stanford had the lead. The Ducks went on an 8-0 run and then I do believe had the lead for the remainder of the game. Those, oh, thank God. Yeah, those Stanford at the end, like late, they were pushing hard. And it it was a game, like, even late, I think they at a certain point they were only down by, like, I want to say, like, three points or something like that. So it was a real contest. Like, Oregon had to make some clutch shots. And to Richardson's credit, he was there for a lot of it. Like, I do believe um, on the final two drives of the game, uh, Richardson dished it out to Biddle, who slammed it in, and then he got in, he, I think he dished it out to Biddle twice, actually, and then the second time, Biddle got an and one. So, it is Will Richardson, like, he's not making those shots, but he was passing it to the more sure shot who was making right. easy buckets who ended up winning the game for us and that is the role we want him to play right you know it's interesting because his role is more about play creation than completion mm-hmm. yeah exactly so he's a true point that's a guard. tough thing to actually um critique because mm-hmm. He's just the beginning of the entire situation that leads to wins. Interesting. I would say the best way to critique. He's in a to- tough spot. I mean, because you yes. can shit on him all day long, but then at the end of the day, there's quality talent there. I don't know. I agree, I hate man. being mean to him, but also that's like my, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Absolutely. Because on that's podcasts, you're supposed to be mean. That That's why you're so mean to Justin Herbert. Some for some Fuck reason. Fuck that guy. <laughs> for some reason. One day we're gonna find out <gasps> terrible news about like we'd be like, you know, how many bodies did they find in his basement? And you're gonna oh be my like, God. you're gonna be so happy that day. I hope not. I like <laughs> Justin Herbert, honestly. I think he's a I think he's a he's a probably one of the sweetest, nicest people. Mm-hmm. That he seems like a ride or die friend, which I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. But it's just too much fun to go at him. <laughs> it's very you're the only duck fan who does, so I do appreciate you on that <laughs> regard. 
the and it best... could just be that contrarianism inside of me that is really doing it. I think knows? it's 100% that. Um, <laughs> so Will Richardson, the best way to really criticize him for his role that he's playing is how many assists did he get? We want a lot of assists, and we want yeah. very few turnovers. Because yeah. that's, that's really what it comes down to. He had three turnovers. I mean, not not terrible. That's not um, huge. Not huge. Anymore, and you start to be like, ugh. For his role, not good. But he also had six assists. Not bad. Not bad. Dante dominated this game, by the way. 15 points, 12 rebounds. Dante is a, is a wonderful, not-so-secret rep. And I believe he also got... He is on the All-Pac-12 uh, starting roster. So, great for him, man. I, he's, a, yeah. he's a really good guy. I'm really rooting for him. But um, I think... So what is not good about this is Stanford's late push. They went 9-0 late in the game to cut the lead to three, which is why Richardson had to make some clutch plays. Right. Um, and which seems to be a pretty big problem for us is that we can go on runs, but then we just dry up and then the other team's got a shot. However, the thing that does bode well for us is 30 bench points. And we are, unlike the women's team, which because of those, you know, two years ago, those four or five stars that are no longer on the team, they would have been crucial for right now, you know, to have extra talent that you can plug in the bench that is ready to score, ready to defend. Oregon men's basketball is actually surprisingly pretty good on talent. Like, we're pretty deep team, comparable to the best in the conference uh, UCLA in Arizona. Now UCLA, they are still the the class of the conference. They unfortunately just got a really um, unfortunate injury to one of their best players, uh, defensive player of the year, uh, Jalen Clark. But in uh, like Arizona's really talented as well. But Oregon's up there. We really do have a good shot at making a run in this tournament. And I want to tell you this, Aaron, because we won here, um, like we had a lot on the line, even though it's like it's late season. Like, you know, if we would have lost, I believe it would have taken both of these games uh, because ASU lost both of their games. But if we would have lost both of these games, we would have been in fifth place, which means we wouldn't have gotten the day one bye of the Pac-12 tournament. Instead, we finished fourth in the Pac-12, which means we get that that day one bye, which uh, we're recording on the 8th, Wednesday. Um, We are not playing basketball today. We're going to have fresh legs. Sometimes it hurts you because sometimes the other team getting that game before can kind of get them you know, a little more in sync before you're playing yeah. this. But you understand some... the wax on the court. Exactly. But sometimes going to, you know, getting that day off can make it a lot easier for you to actually get to the championship game because now you just have to win three games and you've won it all instead of right. four straight games. So we do get that by. The games that we are waiting on for the Pac-12 tournament, which, by the way, Oregon's net ranking is terrible. I I don't sure. I didn't even want to look it up. We we 
don't have a good record. We have not. We beat Arizona. That's our best win. But we also have some really embarrassing losses this season. So it's been all but said. We at least. So to guarantee us getting in the big tournament, the only thing that will work is winning this whole fucking Pac-12 tournament, which is a tall ask, but plausible. I'll say that much. So if we make it to the final game, it's we're, we got to hope and pray. We probably won't make it, but it is possible. That is the bare anything outside of that. No chance. No chance. So it's it's a tall order, but I'll be watching this. I'm pretty excited. Um, what we are watching because today we've got some pretty fun game. We got UW versus Colorado earlier in the day. Probably won't matter to us. The real one is the five seed versus the twelve seed. The twelve seed is, of course, Cal because they absolutely fucking suck. They will be playing Washington State. Washington State actually like the women's team. Uh, they are a team that is known for being bad, who is having a historic season, and their whole thing is we can hit the three. We shoot a whole lot of threes, and we're pretty good at hitting the and shooting the three. And we got pretty decent defense. That's their whole thing. They beat us this year earlier. We did beat them once at Matt Knight, but more more recently, like two weeks ago, Washington State did beat us. So they are a worthy foe. But tomorrow we take on the winner of Washington State versus Cal. For our sake, I think we would want Cal to upset Wazoo. And then we take on the team that we just beat by, you know, 30 points. Like, that would be good for us. Yeah. If we do beat whoever we play tomorrow, we take on then the winner of UCLA versus the winner of UW for Cal. Oh, sorry, UW Colorado. So, mo- more, most likely, uh, if we were to win our game tomorrow, we're probably going to beat UCLA because they're – a great team down a down a fantastic player, but still a really good team. So it's going to be a tall order. We will we will have to beat one of the best teams in the country, most likely two of the best teams in the country, because we'll probably have to take on Arizona if we made it to the national champ or to the Pac-12 tr- championship game. This is a perfect time mm-hmm. for Jesus to prove he's real. Yes, I agree. Dear Jesus, if you could hear me, if you're real and if you're, you're real. out there, yep. if you're real, mm-hmm. you're going to let us beat whoever we play in the second game. Yes, which means we got to the second game. Right. You're going to let us, if you're real, you're going to let us get to the second game. You're going to let it be UCLA. You're going to let us win that game. And then after that, you can do whatever we want because it's the Lord's will. But. To prove your reality, mm-hmm. uh, you have to you have to come join our reality. <laughs> you don't like get to it. play in that ethereal reality in which we say, you know, you get to meet him after death. No, no, no. You come mm-hmm. now. You come now. You come now. You come now. <laughs> I want the come second now. coming now. Now. Uh, I like it. So if we beat the second team, Jesus is real. I've got some yep. real re-looking at my life to do. 
You ever think, I think about this a lot in any like kind of movie or something that has anything to do with paranormal shit. Let, let's not sure. say just, you know, whether it's paranormal or spiritual or just stuff outside of the realm of possibility in the real world, right? Sure. Well, I, let's not say possibility outside oh, yeah. the realm outside of the realm of reality. There you go. That's a great way to put it. I think about how little it would. I feel like I'm a very grounded person. You know, I'm a proud atheist and shit like this. But if there was anything, if there was like a moment where I thought a, I legit saw an angel or saw like a a badger fly across the sky with wings or something, I think about how little it would take for my entire reality to just collapse and just be like oh my god and like be a di- completely different person like it would not take much it would just me well, seeing something scary you believe in aliens right i do i feel like it's more likely that aliens exist than they don't so i would say that if aliens come out and say hello we're real oh that blows then my mind. i would go well, this probably explains all the angel bullshit yeah. that has been happening through history is they're just seeing aliens. Yeah. Which, hey, again, plug for nope. No spoilers. But there's a little bit of that in there, which I very much yep. like. Um, got any Oscar picks? I don't even know who's on it, bro. The best pictures. I was So there's 10 best picture nominees now. Jesus is, Christ. It's a lot, isn't Look, it? Look, here's what's going to happen. It should mm-hmm. go to everything, everywhere. I it's agree. It's going to go to Tar, because mm. Tar is a snooty, stuck-up movie that uses giant fucking words to show off the actions <laughs> of a terrible human being, and people love that shit. I want to Because they're like, Tar. oh, this is a smart movie, because <laughs> it uses big words, and it talks about classical music. <laughs> I could definitely see, like... The uh, common sense says everything, everywhere, all at once. It has won so many awards in all the other things, like all the other awards and no one gives a shit about. That historically, no movie that has won all the awards it has has not won Best Picture. But I could definitely see them like double guessing all the voters being like, oh, well, they think we're going to choose this, so we're going to zig where we should or being like it's too populous so we're gonna go with something like tar or something here's the problem the people who vote for it aren't um they're so on a different page as Mm -hmm. far as like day-to-day lifestyle type bullshit really Mm -hmm. uh i think they're gonna see everything everywhere as being too niche in a like youth culture kind of a way yeah and they don't vote for youth culture they Mm -hmm. vote for pompousness i agree there's like obviously movies that are oscar bait every year and i think tar is that one because it's like so heady in utilizing um deep deep theory in classical music and then you make the main character a total piece of shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'll tell you this. A, it was a movie I lasted about halfway through, and I literally was like, I mean, I get it, I get it. This movie's, I get what this movie is doing. It's not entertaining. I think because, oh yeah, 
they don't give a shit about originality. They give a shit about status quo mm-hmm. and making sure that the Oscar goes to something that is prestigious. Whereas everything everywhere is not a prestige movie. It is a like, you know, it's kind of a cartoon and they yeah. don't like that. I agree. Um, my guess, because I've been really thinking about this. Well, one thing that's interesting about it is when you getting 10 nominations does add, because in my opinion, and in your opinion, it sounds like too, it is annoying that they're like, once something becomes popular, like let's say, you know, like a, like a Star Wars or something. I was surprised Lord of the Rings won as much as it did, because that usually would fit something, it's genre, all billions of people like it, it's made, you know, like a freaking billion dollars. Usually they'll be like, oh, that officially makes it it can't be nominated you know uh because it's well, just it's not artsy enough the, yeah, expanding but utilizing, it yeah did, sorry go ahead keep going uh expanding it to 10 did make it so they have some interesting populist pieces in there because they have top gun maverick which i haven't seen Won't i win. heard it, i heard it's fucking awesome i don't think it'll win either. it's fun i heard it's, it's not fun. awesome but it's fun yeah, that's all I'm looking for. Um, Avatar: The yeah. Way of Water, which I think no is, way. Yeah, uh, that's definitely not going to win, but it's nominated. It'll get CGI awards. Yeah, it, it is nominated, which I think is interesting. And then, um, like, yeah, uh, I other than that, I mean, Elvis, which is I kind of want to watch, even though it looks like shit, but I kind of want to watch it. I would almost. Oh God, no! There's no way I'm ever going to watch that movie. <laughs> I would almost say that them. Pushing it out to be 10 nominations Mm -hmm. was more of an ability to water it down so that way things like Everything Everywhere start to look more like Avatar. Where you're like, oh, it was just frills and chills. It's not like a special movie. But Mm. And I think the reason why Lord of the Rings won isn't or is exactly because of what you were saying was that because it was based off of something yeah that's that true. has been in the core culture forever yeah that it was guaranteed because it was a big budget movie from a big house that needed that award mm-hmm. uh that also um you know they just spent so much money and time on it that it kind of has to win. But like, and that's exactly the same situation for Tar outside of the fact that it wasn't like already a piece of our culture. It was just, here's a movie with top tier actors that we paid a fuck ton of money to. Mm-hmm. We spent a fuck ton of money on the production of it. And so we need it to win because we spent so much money on it. Whereas well, I'll tell everything you that. Everywhere yeah. is from an indie house studio that has won stuff in the past. Yeah, but like it doesn't have a real budget. It's kind of quirky, you know. I just don't think it hits enough of the standardized things to give it an Oscar, because I personally think the Oscars are kind of a sham. Oh, absolutely, they are. It's I an think in crowd bullshit. giving themselves awards, and if you're not a part of the group, or if you even say anything negative about them, you're guaranteed to be out. I absolutely agree with that. Usually, my number one guess. This is what I should do. This is every year I am typically not wrong. Uh, if the, I go, if there is a movie at all about how great Hollywood is, 
that's the movie that's going to win. That is typically my guess. Or a war film. One of those two. Yeah. There are two options. One is All Quiet on the Western Front. Whew, that didn't is even a, know that was a movie. Yeah, it's a German movie, so it is a little less. I don't think they're going to give it to that, even though apparently foreign films can win Best Picture, which I was pretty shocked by. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's also like not Parasite. the first time that book has been made into a movie, oh, though, yeah. either, I believe. Yeah. The one that I would... Since if I'm following, because I think everything everywhere all at once will win, but I if I'm going with my formula, the Fablemans would win because that is God. You know it will. It could. I bet you he's going to win Best it. Director. Is it good? What do you think? I want to see it. It's very Spielbergy, right? Uh if at best, it's like it's like a retirement plan. Is what it felt like. It was <laughs> like, dude, this is. <clears throat> Yeah, it, it feels felt it, like it was supposed to be a slice of life movie, but I just didn't fucking care for the pie. Mm. You know what I mean? It was just like, I don't know. It it yeah. was fine. I'm fucking glad I didn't see it in the theater, mm. but it gave me nothing. I didn't walk when it was over. I was done thinking about it. Mm. And it's like, eh. Congratulations! You wrote a you wrote a movie about yourself. You snuck in David Lynch, and uh, that gives you cool cred. I guess I don't care. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to watch some of these. I'll, I'll let you know some other point. Some of my thoughts on it. But I will tell you this: um, I one that I'm going to riot if he doesn't win, and I think they will because Hollywood is so fucking pretentious. Uh, I think Kihoi Kwan of Everything Everywhere All at Once, um, a.k.a. Short Round, you know, from... Okay. He will win Best Supporting Actor. Huh. You know why? Because he's been telling his real story um, on the press, you know, on the campaign for this movie. Oh, about, like, being forgotten, etc.? Yeah. He was just like, once I... Even though I was in two of the biggest movies of the decade... You know, like starring in them, Goonies and, uh, you know, uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, They just for once I hit basically puberty, they were like, no, we will not cast you for even like background roles. Like we want absolutely nothing with you. Um, And now, you know, he's nominated for an Oscar. There's no way they don't even though it's like. Like, basically, they're going to give him Oscar just because it's like, we're so sorry that those mean people treated you wrong. And it's like, it's you. You are the people that wouldn't fucking cast him. Right. And you, you would have continued not to cast him if it wasn't for this movie. Like, yeah. It's you. Yeah, well, yeah, the issue that he seemingly ran into was he was too too recognizable from those two movies. And so... Based off of him being a kid and really having two fairly racist fucking you know, uh, that's, trails to have to go through. Well, I think that's like, the well, bigger they put problem. Him, they put him in a box and then went, "You, we've used your box. Thank you. Yeah. You well, know, like, not the only characters that. characters that he was as a child are like, not the greatest to look at anymore. 
Well, it's 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 yeah, it is kind of both because it's like, but at the same time, like let's look at the other child actors from the Goonies. It's like, oh, four of yeah. these are still incredibly famous people, you know. Dude. And then not only that, but it's it's more like because it's like, ever anyone else would be like, okay, well, there is no like literally no American role that would have a lead Asian actor. Period in the eighties right. and nineties, like even Jackie Chan, even fucking yeah, but he would be younger. That you know, like there's only Jackie right. Chan. Also, he was producing said movies. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> a lot of them not from America. Yeah, and then not right. only that, but it's it's like there's like z- literally zero Asian roles for someone in the eighties, nineties, most yeah. of the two thousands. <laughs> like, and then um, there's not even supporting roles. And so then you get down to literally like one word roles, and then he's too big of a recognized face for that. Right. But still, it's like, well, you could have given him one of those then, motherfuckers. You didn't even give him yeah. one of those. Like, yeah. So I think they're going to do that just to pat him on the back. And that's also the reason why I think they're going to give one to Spielberg for director. Just saying. Just because they want to feel good about him. I think Spielberg. I think if they give him the Oscar in any regard this year, mm-hmm. I think he'll be done. I think he'll actually say, I'm retiring. I don't know. Oh, wait, he but said- that's not true because he's making the new Indiana Jones movie, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he may just be producing. I forget if he's actually making it. But he said yeah, he wants I to make know. a new horror movie. Look, I love the Spielberger. I yeah. think he's obviously, obviously, he's one of the greatest of all time. His mm-hmm. movies are awesome. Mm-hmm. But he is an old man now making old man movies, and that shit is done. Like, move aside and let the new kids play. Mm. Like, I need to get see the, the fuck out of the light, bro. I need to see Your the Your life is so good that you got to make a movie that makes you as a kid look <laughs> like, a, like you already had it all figured out by the time you were 12 and it's Bro. like back up can i tell you this someone though? else have some time here i agree with you there but at the same time counter argument i agree that like yeah absolutely pretentious and shit like that but i'll tell you this much too 1971 i oh, saw yeah, yeah, a yeah. movie from 1971 yeah. we talked about it duel yeah His first movie he ever made immediately I was like, okay, no, like I could see why people were like this Spielberg guy is a fucking masterpiece. Uh, well, sure. Not only that, I also watched. That's fine. One time I was watching Columbo. I was watching the, for, I, you know I'm a huge Columbo fan. I was watching the first episode of Columbo. I think it's the first one. And I literally, I am not typically this kind of person, but I was literally watching it and I was just like, I don't know who directed this episode of television, but I swear this guy's got a whole lot more style than I'm used to seeing in anything <laughs> like this. By the end um, of it, credits roll up, boom, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg when he was fucking sure. like 19 years old or something like like he was a talented kid. I will say cool. he is an anomaly, yeah. Should he let make- <laughs> someone else tell your story then? Yeah. You know what? If you're so good, someone will want to make your story. It doesn't got to be you. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you're edging towards death. So you're reevaluating <laughs> your whole life. Don't put that shit on me, dude. <laughs> 
All right. Well, there you go. It's not my responsibility to fucking enjoy your fucking jerk off session. That's all it is. There you go. It's a, it's a, ooh, I'm going to get some people hot on this one. It is a classic Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar solo. <laughs> it is filled with masturbation and meaninglessness, except for the fact to show off like how good I am. But even then, it's like his 12th best movie. There you go. There I'm you so go. hot on that movie. <laughs> well, then again, 12th best movie of Steven Spielberg's career is a pretty fucking good movie still. You know, he made Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same goddamn year. He worked on them at the same time, Yeah, but Jurassic Park is an easy movie. Schindler's List. (laughs) Jurassic Park's an easy movie? But you also have to remember, this is a dude who's running his... He's running a business. It's not... Steven Spielberg has become a business. It's like... I will say this. I have not... is hating me right now. I have uh, not, I have not, um, like, so I haven't seen The Fablements. I really need to see it to see if I, how, sure. wh- how much of a hot take I'm willing to take with you. Because maybe I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to oh, shit. Oh, I mean, and, I'm probably going extra hot. Let's be honest. It's certainly therapy for him. He said that before. This yeah. movie is just therapy. Um, sure. Men will literally make best picture nominated movies instead of going to therapy. Uh, but, <laughs> um... I can't think of a movie that I thought was any good by him, like the last one. Like there, I can think of a ton of movies that are amazing from him, but the most reason uh, – I'm going to look this up, and then we're going to do uh, our final segment. Um, but I, I want to look up his Wikipedia and be like – I haven't seen The Fablemans, but I well, want to see – Well, he's been a see... producer more than a director, I feel like, yeah. for the last decade. A lot of his produced stuff is shit too, though. Am I right? Well – I feel like he took a big, strong liking to J.J. Abrams and kind of yes. maybe helped pass the torch over to him. I'll tell you this. I hate it. So I didn't see West Side Story, so that's another one I can't really claim. It was okay. Ready Player One, I fucking hated. I know a lot of people I love it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, see, that's that's we're different there. I didn't see The yeah. Post. It seemed too Spielberg-y. Big Friendly Giant, one. no one in the world saw that. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody heard, watched that. I heard Bridger Spies is good. Ooh, I remember that name, but I don't remember that movie. Lincoln, I didn't see. I kind of wanted nope. to see. War Horse looked stupid. Yep. Adventures of Tintin, I did see. Loved um, it. It was pretty fun, actually. Pretty creative. See, Indiana Jones of the Crystal Skull made me want to punch my own brains out. Yeah, watched it, tried to love it, didn't love it. Yeah, then we got Munich. Tin Tin, for real. God, I love that. I loved, I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Yeah. It was but good. there were moments, because I saw it in the theater, there were moments where I forgot I was watching animation. Yeah, no, it I is. so wrapped up in it. They were doing some really unique things in that one. Bro, like, let me see. How old is he? He was born in 46, 1960, so he was 21. He He's was like 83? 25 years old when he made Duel. That is pretty freaking cool. That's pretty cool. That's about when you should be trying to break in, though, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're actually... But, yeah, and, and one more cool story I heard about him. I heard that he would go 
film Schindler's List on the weekdays and then on the weekends edit Jurassic Park. Okay. That is well, nuts, is man. You know, so talented. Is, like as a as pretty much a very on the level comparison different realm of entertainment when it comes mm-hmm. to like music, right? Mhm. Who would you say is the number one music producer like of oh. our generation? For our have... time that mm. we currently live in. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna know this. I'll probably right. recognize the name, but I don't know. Who, Rick who are you Rubin. trying to get me to see? Okay. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I you think I've heard his name. Don't know. I think I've heard his name. I'll look him up. Rick Rubin discovered the Beastie Boys, was one Ooh. half of the beginning of Def Jam. Looks like he God. Went on, he has done every major record. Looks like, like a man who would make a bomb in a cave, but continue, yes. Yeah, he's like he is wow. the he is the producer. Aerosmith, and Audio so, Slave, Lincoln Park, Raging Against the Machine, right. System of a Down, Johnny Cash. Wow. So when you start going through his list, you're like, holy shit, he's done a fuck ton. But really, Rick Rubin's job is just to hear the final product and approve or disapprove. He has multiple engineers who are like in charge of recording the material multiple mm. engineers who are in charge of just editing it he has multiple mixing engineers and he just pops in the rooms and makes sure all the projects are going and then he goes um i don't really like this tweak it and then he bails i, I think that's pretty what much spielberg that's does also... when he produces when he directs i think he's completely right involved, if he's yeah. directing he's in that motherfucker because mm. it's all but it's also the same thing as like um who's the guy who does all the um gothic movies tim burton burton yeah. tim burton there was multiple movies i was watching some documentary or it was like a little netflix you know real quick spotlight on different people in the episode that was on him i didn't realize while he was making directing one movie there was two others that he was also directing but he was never around for them and so it was really the second director that was on set pointing the camera and then just following burton's shot list mm-hmm so I don't know. It's pretty. It's a convoluted. Well, with Tim Burton, when you get that high up, because it really becomes more about the team you enlist. Because there's so much to take care of. If you really want to, so many people to constantly be, like having to keep in contact with that. You really can't be behind the camera after a certain. After you hit a certain level, you just can't be. You're like you know. You have to be dealing with suits. Um, if you want to be a little disenfranchised with the, or a little, uh, not as into Tim Burton, um, look at like he, uh, the amount of credit he gets for Nightmare Before Christmas is nuts considering he's not the director. He didn't do any of the claymation. He did some of the design and some of the story. That was, (laughs) that is literally it. That's what the show was actually circled was based around was that movie mm. Henry because Selleck, it also I think interviewed um, whoever it was, the Oingo Boingo guy. Yeah. Because right. he was supposed to be the voice, mm-hmm. and that got ripped away from him or whatever. I don't know. It's just Danny it's very convoluted 
once you get up to that high level that I feel like any success that happens is the success of a team, not of the team leader, but we're only giving the team leader the credits. That's true. That's kind of how you get with football coaches too a lot of times. Yeah, totally. totally. Speaking of and football. at the end of the day, that's their job. You know, the reason why they were hired to be the director is because they are good at directing people on what specific tasks they need to be taking care of. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So anywho. Speaking of football, time to talk about baseball in our oh. one of our most regular segments. <laughs> like our little movie segue. <laughs> That's right. You've heard of Judy Garland, America's red shoot sweetheart. Well, get ready for the Judy Garman Classic, attorney starring our beloved softball team, in which they finished four and one and outscored their opponents thirty-eight and five, outside of their one to four shellacking given to them via Minnesota Gopher. Caitlin Howard hit her first homer. Uh, LB State was, oh, that's right, Long Beach State, the game was canceled due to Mr. Rain making his appearance over the Eugene, Oregon skylines. Then, three solo homers and three hitters results in three wins for the Oregon baseball squad. They open up Pac-12 play against number 14 UCLA. That's right. And that's that enough it? baseball. That's enough baseball for a week or so. Yep. <laughs> I truly don't care about it until basketball season is over. Oh. But Aaron, I had a blast. Uh, I really freaking hope the men can string together some wins and win. This I think we time. will. I believe we will. I win. think. I think little baby Jesus is going to show himself. And maybe we're going to take it all the way to the top. All right. Well, I hope the second coming happens, and I hope before the apocalypse, the rapture. I was about uh, to God's say, I wrath. hope we could at least. I want the second coming to happen for us to win, but I'd love that Armageddon part of the second coming yeah. to wait a little bit. Yeah. Until after the tournament, at least. Right. Once, if we win a national championship, I know the world ending. So that's. Not <laughs> maybe that's is Armageddon. Mm. All right, y'all. It was a blast. I'm going to go watch the Fableman, see if I hate it or not. We love y'all. See y'all next week. Go Ducks. Go Ducks.